Hi friend, I'm Logan Clements, one of your co-hosts of the Better Events Podcast. And then this week we are talking all about attendee engagement and specifically talking about it in the virtual and hybrid context. We're sitting down with Hoyan, who's the founder of Remo, a go-to virtual event platform, but also a hybrid and remote teams interactive platform. And we, he shares his experience and his passion for attendee engagement and using technology to create more of those human authentic interactions. Now, this is something as an event planner myself, I always get really excited about, and we have a great discussion filled with some good tips and tricks for you fellow event planners, as well as event hosts of things that you can do to increase your attendee engagement and interactiveness at your next event. And also we talk about some of the features of Remo and how it might be a good fit for you in the future. But without further ado, let's get into the episode. Welcome to the Better Events Podcast. Join two event strategists, Logan Clements and Mary Davidson, who believe we can all create, host, and attend better events. In this podcast, you will learn about event strategy and actions that you can use today as an event host, planner, or manager. Hear directly from the people who are creating innovative and inspiring events today and tomorrow, and grow your business along the way. Now, let's get started, and thanks for listening to the Better Events Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Better Events Podcast for this week. We are so happy to have Hoi Yin, founder of Remo, with us today. And we want to save all the time that we can. So I'm just going to pass it on over to Logan Clements, our co-host. And I guess I should have introduced myself. This is Mary Davidson, your other co-host. So Logan, take it away with our introduction today. Yes, listeners, we have a treat for you. We have Ho Yin, who's a serial entrepreneur. His core passions lie in helping businesses to grow in a scalable way with software tools. Ho Yin has over seven years of experience building remote teams and has worked with the Fortune 100 companies like Nike, Best Buy, TJ Maxx, SunGuard, Cardinal Health, and Kaiser Permanente. He is currently passionate about creating authentic conversations that drive meaningful relationships in the most human way possible with the help of technology. I feel like, oh, yeah, and you're speaking our language of this podcast. So thank you so much for being here. Would you like to add anything to that introduction? No, that was a great intro. So super, super good. Well, thank you so much for being here. And we have we do a little bit of like uh, why we asked our guests today. And I feel like that kind of needs no introduction. However, we wanted to kind of point on a couple things. And so um, we're just, like we said, excited to have you. And we are excited also to have Remo as a partner of the Better Events podcast. And so listeners, make sure you listen to this next bit. Remo has generously offered our Better Events podcast audience a 15% discount for Remo plans. Just use the code Better Events. That's one word, Better Events. And capital letters, no spaces, and that's valid until July 31st. If you missed that, be sure to check the show notes, and we will announce it again at the end of the episode. But we are thrilled to utilize that, so thank you so much. And um, Logan and I are just really looking forward to our conversation today. We both personally have been users of Remo, and we've used the platform for multiple events, and we really enjoy its unique offerings. So it's great to have the opportunity to learn from you and chat a little bit about your journey and the importance of attending engagement, which is a really, really important topic for sure. So with that being said, we will just dive right in if that sounds all right. And um, we kind of like to start off at the basics to kind of set the stage and get the ball rolling a little bit. So could you maybe start a little bit telling us about your story behind the passion for creating conversations? We've heard that that's something that's meaningful to you. So 
how do you kind of create conversations um, and meaningful relationships through technology? Yeah, I'm, I mean, I started, um, uh, I actually used to work in social media. Um, I used to have a, a SaaS platform where we help small businesses grow their social media following. And um, this was back in uh, 2014, 2015. And then um, back then, you know, we, you know, we kind of see sort of a lot of the symptoms and challenges that we have with social media today, right? And um, back then, I already saw a lot of the, uh, the, you know, the polarization, you know, people really not really talking um, to each other, they're talking at each other. Um, and so I felt that back even back then that the conversations that we were having on social media weren't really that authentic. Um, and so that kind of started to really got me thinking into really what I wanted to do is to go back to basics when it comes to, um, having really authentic interactions and conversations online and, but doing it in a really authentic way. And, and the way that I've found it is, is that it has to be small. It has to be intimate. It has to be, um, in, in the right sort of environment. Um, that is sort of not polluted or corrupted by, you know, all the influences like that social media, the challenges that currently social media has. And so um, that's how like, like I kind of started to, to craft sort of my, my mission for myself is, and for the company, which is how do we create authentic conversations that build meaningful relationships through the use of um, video, through the uses of our platform and such. And so, yeah, I mean, I can definitely go deeper into like what, um, how we do that. But um, I think for me, it's, it's a lot about creating the right environment and the right context so that those, you get the right environment that's, um, that allows to these conversations to nurture kind of like us, you know, like a small fire. And so uh, at Remo, we really focus on that. Yeah, I think it's with attendee engagement, I think a lot of organizers think it kind of just like organically happens. Like if you just put people together, it'll magically happen. So Hoyan, you're speaking. <laughs> I mean, that that was yeah. so great was saying that, you know, they're talking at each other versus, you know, with each other. Uh, I'm very curious, just from a, as a company with Remo, how did, how did you found the company? How was it formed? Yeah, so um, we originally were a virtual office product. Um, we I, when I was leading a the SaaS company for social media, like I had um, a remote team already, like back in like 2016, 2017, and grew it up to about 30 people. Um, and we already sort of seen like a lot of the remote working challenges that all of us kind of see today. And so I felt that there was just something that I wanted to solve. And um, um, so I created Remo, the product, but it was it was basically uh, more targeted for um, for for remote workers, remote teams, um, and just to kind of give you uh, and your audience an idea of what Remo is, so just imagine you're looking at Google Map and you're zooming in with your mouse and you zoom all the way in into a building. And once you see the building, you zoom all the way in further, and you pretend and you pretend that you'll start to see the tables inside the building in this top-down perspective, and you see the individuals represented by little circles. Um, uh, sitting at those tables. So for you, if you were to like enter and double click on one of the tables, you would only see the video streams of the people that are sitting at that table. And you can double click on another table and go to that one. And so we really focus on like freedom of movement um, and also 
creating these um, uh, scalable breakout rooms that's very visual um, and then helps people kind of create these events. So um, for um, attending, so for us, like how we, uh, what we did was we originally created this um, for virtual office, we had an opportunity to work with a remote work summit and working do, at the remote work summit at the time, they were mostly like playing pre-recorded videos. I don't know if you guys remember like these virtual summits um, back in like 2018. It's like, hey, we're gonna have a virtual event and we're gonna pre-record these videos and just play them. Like that's how bad it was back then. And then I was like, this kind of sucks. Why don't we um, do like a live event um, and we'll use Remo and we'll modify it so that people can kind of network and chat and also, you know, listen to like a presentation. And, um, and so we did that um, trying to sell the virtual office. And so we had 10,000 people go through the event working with our partner over our three days, but we didn't sell a single virtual office, but everyone was like super excited about the Remo conference experience. They're like, oh my God, this experience is amazing. And um, I asked them, hey, do you want to buy the virtual office? They're like, no, we don't. And I said, and, and I said oh, okay. And they said, but we want to host our next event on Remo. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. So we then went back and then just started to pivot into the event space, um, you know, really going for authentic conversations, trying to help them build communities and um, building more stronger bonds and stuff like that. And we found that as to be a much more effective way to accomplish my, you know, our, our company's mission and goal. So the classic entrepreneurial story where you had to pivot a little bit with what you thought <laughs> was, was yeah. the main product and listen to the customers for, for what you created, what actually resonated with them. Exactly. Exactly. hundred percent. And you were really setting yourself up for success since little did we know what was coming and how it would even become more valuable in the near future for sure. So that's, that's awesome. Um, so as we're talking through attendee engagement, you've shared, you know, some ways that that Remo brings that I know, from my experience, when I've been, like, well, I've worked with a committee, and we're planning an event, and we've like jumped in Remo to kind of show them what it's like, and they end up hopping around the tables. And every single time they're like, what? Like, this is so cool. And then next thing you know, they're like leaving your conversation because they're like going to this other random table in the corner. And it's amazing. And it's, it's, it's an interesting way to be able to accomplish that attendee engagement. And obviously it's, it's more, it's more than that. It's more robust than that, but people, I can tell people really have a good time with it, which is fun to see. And so, um, are there any specific, like six, I'm sure there's a lot of success stories, but if we're kind of speaking of a specific example of maybe an event that another event that you've been a part of during the pandemic, where you've really felt like they nailed the attendee engagement piece through utilizing remote services, but also by bringing maybe some additional, I don't know, content or engagement opportunities in the event. Any kind of stories you can share about that? Oh yeah, a lot. Um, we have some amazing partners that run really highly produced events for uh, our customers. Um, and um, it can get pretty, um, advanced um, in terms of what they can do. So I'll share with you, like uh, there was definitely a large conference um, for a technology company and they had, um, they brought in like an RTMP stream um, in, so they got streamed in something and that stream was very highly produced. It had like the names, it had like the images and had all the, all, all that stuff. Um, they would um, play like videos um, on, on the stream as well. So the, the presentation part was very good, uh, very, very highly produced. 
um, the the keys, the key thing that makes these conferences really kind of up to the next level is when you incorporate like a workshop style um, motion to your conference. And this really elevates the engagement. So um, what they will do is, in one of our best events, what they'll do is they'll give them a task. So, and, and this specific one is uh, you guys, they'll, they'll say like, hey, you guys are already in groups. And if you're not, find yourself a group of like three or four and um, ask and uh, discuss about this one topic. And um, and then they then just turn off the presentation mode and then go into tables. And then everyone just sort of self-organizes and starts talking about that topic. And then what happens is that one of the hosts or moderators will go into each table and then assign the person um, or assign a few people that will present their discussion, their topic of discussion. Um, one, some, some, some of them will use a whiteboard so that the task might be like, hey, go online and search for a bunch of images and paste it into the whiteboard to come up with this solution or come up with this sort of brainstorm idea. And those are so amazing because you then have like an active like task to work with someone, with someone like on your table. And then it's like really short. It's like five minutes, really, really short. And then after that, one of, one of those people who has been assigned will then come up and like say, okay, this is what our team came up with. And then, so then we would go back into presentation mode and they would invite maybe like one or two people or three people and come up to the stage and then basically like talk and share. So then the engagement is very highly distributed, meaning like you have many parallel conversations going on. So for me, intent engagement is very most effective several ways. One is you don't have to be in charge of the engagement, meaning like, like engagement right now is like, oh, let's do polling. Let's do this. Like I'm orchestrating and you guys engage with me but if you do like workshop style or networking all you're doing is you're just crafting the space giving them an easy task and then they just work on it themselves and that engagement is done between them between the group like you don't have to be involved in everything you know what i mean and so that's like a great example of how engagement just goes shoots through the roof because they're, they're talking to each other they're a developer relationship and you get them freedom on the stage so everyone's like oh wow there's a different person that's not a speaker like it's it brings the whole event a bit down to earth where oh I, I can participate like i as a normal person can participate uh, uh, with the speakers on the stage together and it just brings the whole thing um to a much more equitable level and more inclusive in general as an event one of my uh, favorite ways that one of my clients that I've worked with uses Remo was for speed uh, speed mentoring. So doing where the mentees are all at a table and the mentors rotate. So it's kind of group mentoring, really. And I I know I love Remo's kind of the, the whole layout and the process of it. Because like you're saying, it's I think it's the inverse of a lot of what we normally experience with video calls and things like that. Like you're saying, it's more of an interactive part first. And then there's a presentation. You, you have an option to do a presentation, but you're always back at your table versus the inverse when you're talking about like a Zoom or a yeah, Teams 100%. or a Google Meets where you have everyone attention and then you're throwing them into breakouts and then bringing them back. You know, it's just a, it puts a little bit more ownership, which I know I've enjoyed for folks to be able to easily navigate and get around the space. Um, do, what are some of the mistakes that you think you've seen in the event with event organizers or community organizers that they make when it comes to audience engagement? I think a lot of people think that I'm just going to do a webinar, you know, and then that's it. Um, right now, it's like, I'm going to do a poll. 
I'm gonna do a pull and quiz. So right now, pull and quiz is like the next thing for um, the, I wanna say the learning and maturity sort of journey that everyone's on. So everyone now gets that. And um, and I think, I, I personally I think that's a great start because with polling, it's like you're already starting to think certain parts of your agenda uh, that you can now start to involve the audience and make them click on something, which is great. Um, but I think um, as we as we kind of go along, um, as this virtual event start to improve, start to uh, evolve, like I think the next thing is is like how do you make the interaction even more um, in between uh, in between people, and that's like where I think the networking and the workshop. So, like um, one, I, I see like a lot of challenges where like no networking, and it's like just forty minutes, fifty minutes of just webinar, and then maybe like five ten minutes networking at the end. So I have a rule which is called ten twenty ten. So it's 10 minutes of networking. People come in and network, kind of let the, let, 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 let the conversations flow a little bit and then 20 minutes for presentation, that's it. Um, and then 10 minutes for either Q&A or networking. And then if your presentation is longer, then you just break it up into segments. So then after that 10 minutes, you then go into 20 minutes again. Another person or the same person kind of goes into another module and then it's just network. This is just bounces back and forth, back and forth, back, back and forth between the two. And then that allows um, the event to like have enough breathing room and breathing space to, um, and as many parallel conversations to happen um, so that the, uh, the you know attendees can kind of like work, work with others. And during those networking portions, you need uh, people sometimes don't give clear instructions on what to do. They just, oh, just go, just go network. And yep. that's that's like that's like recipe for disaster because most people will like leave after the presentation because they think oh there's nothing else so you need to give them a carrot at the end so you have to say something like okay I have a tech. so you don't even say that the presentation is finished you say okay we're about to um, before we start our next um, session uh, we're gonna have ten minutes and I have a task for all of you guys we have a workshop task like you don't say that oh we're gonna take a break you say no we actually have a task for you for now and here's a discussion task so it's like it's like very 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 prescriptive and then you kind of jump into and then right before the next session you say okay guys you have two minutes to go to the bathroom so then because then people might go to the bathroom first and then they don't participate like you you mm -hmm. don't want that like you want to control when well this is kind of a <laughs> dictator like I want, I want you to go to the bathroom here <laughs> here like, um so you say like last two minutes, like everyone go to the bathroom before we start. And then that that's more um, like leading, like it, it, it mm -hmm. leads people to keep participating versus, oh, I'm just gonna drop off. So, I think that yeah. also addresses some people's social anxiety around networking, because if you're giving a task or a prompt or something, you're giving them an icebreaker. You know, I know icebreakers yeah. is its own thing, but uh, yeah. I know for folks, even in person, it's really hard when there's nothing to do. I always joke that my go-to networking move in person is to stand where the food is or the drinks are and strike up conversation with someone as they also help themselves to a snack or a drink. Cause I don't, I, that's to me, you know, an easy in to then start that's a conversation. Um, so yes. Yeah. Definitely need to kind of lead people in the direction you want them to go. Yeah. That's I think people one. want that even if they don't know it too, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's, yeah, it's appreciated. And that's interesting too, the 10, 2010, because, I already am I'm like, it's pinging in my mind some clients that I've talked to before that are nervous of that type of setup because they think they're going to lose people. But it's ironic because it, if you do it right, 
and you script it like you're saying could actually do the exact opposite, which is keep people for longer because people might leave if you're having a super long presentation with no opportunities for this extra engagement and things like that. So I think that's that's really key um, is how you actually go about it. So it's a great point. Um, and you were talking to, you kind of just alluded to, you know, the future of events and how you see them evolving in this scenario. Um, could you speak a little bit more about that, how you see the future of um, attending audience engagement? And it sounds like from what you were saying before, too, like, it's like these resources are out there, but people just take a really long time to actually utilize them. So things we know now are still there, but they just might take, you know, the future of events just might be people finally implementing the things that we've been suggesting. So what are your thoughts on all that? Yeah, I mean, so like technology always moves faster than people. And, um, and as we all know, uh, in events like people don't adopt technology, uh, not everyone's tech savvy to use technology. So I, I, I think that the pace that everything is going is at a pretty good pace. Um, before no one cared about polls. Now people are like, yeah, this is stuff we got to use. Um, and it just takes time for, for, um, I mean, from the point where 2020 to today, people did not know anything about virtual event platforms or what to do for virtual events. Now everyone does and is much more educated in terms of what they want on the platform. So I think, I think just in a span of like two years, like people have both on the guest and on the host side, like everyone's been more educated. So I think that it is on track as, as to what the industry is kind of evolving to the next step for involvement, for involvement is, um, is what I think the future is, is like, so there's um, a lot of um, there's a, a group of people that do you know facilitation um, and meeting facilitation. So there's like a lot of techniques used in meeting facilitation. Like for example, the fishbowl method. I don't know if I don't know if you guys have heard of the fishbowl method, but it's basically like everyone sits around in a circle. And there's like three chairs in the middle, and only two people only like two people can be in those chairs at once, and one person can leave inside that fishbowl like inside the middle and go in into the ring and another person can sit into that chair whenever they want mm -hmm. so then it's kind of like this self um organizing um experience of people just coming into the middle of the square and talking but there's always an extra chair um so that one other person can come in but if that other person comes in like three chairs are full one of them has to leave when another person has to leave so there's all of these different like facilitation techniques that meeting, I think event planners are just thinking about the event itself. Like they're not thinking about how do we use these sort of structures to um, facilitate and encourage engagement and more deeper like engagement between people. And I think that's like the future um, because that's, and because you would do that on at physical events um, a lot, but on, in virtual by doing these you can really up the engagement by like a lot really really up the engagement and um and i think like the use of breakout rooms will be more greatly enhanced because um people need to break out the conversations more and um uh and i think also like the use of more um video effects as well like not as in like the streaming side i think the streaming side's become quite um mature already but i'm talking about like 
more video effects from the guest side, like being able to express themselves much more better. Um, I think that is still something that needs to be more worked on. How do you feel that the person is really truly being as, as expressive as they could be? That's some very exciting things for the future. <laughs> I will say you're you're getting me excited, Hoyan, for what's coming down the the pipeline for attendee engagement. Because um, I think you touched on a few things there of just, and we did a, a podcast episode, Mary, it was what, our second episode ever about how important it is to know your North Star, your why behind your event. Mm-hmm. And I know right. that was something for me I loved about how rough the last two years were is it made a lot of people yeah. stop and realize like, why are we getting together? You know, what is the point of gathering? Mm. And I, that's just something with virtual events. We, it gets a bad rap now. I had a couple people, uh, clients who'd come to me and say, we just can't wait to go back to in-person. You know, everything's better in person. It's like, there's some things that are really good in person, but there's also a lot of things that virtuals made it a lot more efficient for educational events or things where you're trying to reach a larger audience. You can't afford 10,000 people in a ballroom, but you can on a platform. Um, right. Just having that intention behind it. I'm, I'm curious for for you, Hoyan, when you're thinking about it as, as a company and a founder, like how are you envisioning um, Remo kind of making that, that whether it's, are you thinking about emphasizing more of that engagement part, part that you guys bring to the table or are you kind of taking it in a different direction as you look to the future? Yeah. Um, I think for us, um, when we look into the future, I think in- engagement is always, um, is always high on the list. But I think for us, it's like, how do we make sure that authentic conversations can be more easily started? So my, so the way how I think about things is like the, the optimal, what we try to optimize for is trying to maximize the number of parallel, intimate, high quality conversations that are happening all at once. So for example, like, you know, we, we have tables that are not really larger than six people because, you know, anything larger than six people, the quality of the conversation being intimate and relationship forming actually reduces. That magic number is between two and four. So how do we have as many of, of conversations of, of two to four people as, as much as possible? Um, and and when you think about that, then you think about, well, how do you people, um, m- you know, meet and well, because there's two, there's two things. How, how do you, how do you encourage those conversations to happen um, even more so, even better and more easier? And then the third part, second part is how do you make it continue afterwards? Like, how do you make sure that, that those conversations continue and that they can reconnect? And so we've, we were, we're, we're thinking like more on. So we've been pretty good at the initial part, which is let's let's do the connect. Um, but for us, we're we're still we have a lot to work on in terms of like after, like how do you make how do you connect after, um, and making sure that that is like really um, successful because that is where all the value is. A lot of that value is actually there. And so we've create we're creating a lot of dashboards. We're creating a lot of reporting. Like we can say like, hey, you know, Logan, you met all these four people at the event. Do you want to continue to talk to them or whatnot like how do you continue that conversation those are a lot of the things that you know i'm personally really excited about um and also um delivering that value like actually quantifying how many good conversations that were created back to the event planner back to the event organizer and that's something that we can do today already but we're not like really diving deeper into analytics because if you think about it like like a lot of physical events you can't quantify a lot of that stuff, but with Remo, you can, and you can actually share that with your stakeholders and your, um, you know, managers or clients. Like this is the value that we actually, you actually got because of your event, because of the event. 
feel like I got a little goosebumps when you're talking about you're like ROI on attendee <laughs> engagement. Look at that. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, the length of time of a conversation or something like that. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Length of time, cool. number of quality, number of um, we call it relationships started, number of relationships started. Um, and we can quantify the number of relationships that have started. And, um, and then, and also like at the end, we can like also share with you. So I don't know if you guys had this with Remo, but a lot of people will come to me and say, oh my gosh, I just met my, my future, my, my basically this business partner that I now collaborate with, or I met this other person that now I can, you know, uh, we're now, uh, doing something together. You know, those are the best things, but how do you quantify that? It's so hard yeah. to quantify aside from maybe like a survey after the end of the event. But um, we have a way to quantify that even better so that you can actually get that data and quantify like, oh, uh, 57 people actually met someone that was very helpful in moving their business forward or moving their goals, moving closer to their goals, something like that. And we can quantify that. I feel like event marketers would love that. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. That's so cool. And then um, thinking through our audience is one of our, our final questions we have for you today. Since a lot of them are vet professionals in some capacity, what advice do you have for them going into the future? What's something from your perspective that you just think would be really great for them to know and think of as they move forward as well? Um, so when you say professionals, like you mean event professionals? And- yeah, definitely event professionals. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think... Um, I think like for, for virtual events, I think it's, I think it's important to like really, um, in, you know, the, the logistics of the event, I think is um, something where event professionals, I think have got down packed and they've been able to translate, you know, the event planning and the logistics into a virtual setting. I think everyone's already gone past that hump and understands that. And so I think um, the next thing is really that it's, it's, it's sort of like when Google ads just started coming into play. I don't know if you guys remember, like b- back in the day, like when people started doing Google ads, they're trying to convince people they were competing with like print and like billboards. And people were like, no, why would we put it on the internet? I'm just going to keep using print and billboards. But then, you know, Google and Facebook are like, well, but you can measure the ROI. You can actually get data to show to people. Um, I think virtual events right now is sort of on like is, is still kind of started doing that, but it hasn't fully matured that because like the most ROI feedback, even still today is what did my survey say? You know, my survey said people said X, Y, and Z. And by the way, survey is part of that, but you can get other data to prove the ROI better, which by the way, as an event professional, will help and encourage your clients to use you again, because now it's like in numbers. So changing that conversation into ROI numbers um, and finding platforms that provide you those numbers to me is the next thing that can advance um, your, your business um, as an event professional in your career. Cause then um, you can now talk to marketing because marketing's already talking about my ROI, how many qualified leads do I have? Uh, what was the cost of acquisition, all that kind of stuff. If you talk starting a bit closer to what they're talking about, they can then more use you and incorporate you into their workflows and into their reporting and quantifying their budget and justifying their budget too. So I think that's like all like super critical and and, and, um, how do you move in 
basically talking the same language as like um, marketing and sales teams. Yeah. I, ROI is a big one. I feel like that's what, and it, it's really hard to, to quantify. So exciting to see that that would be the future that we could start nailing down exactly some numbers to the process. But Chloe, and this has been great. Thank you so much for being with us. Is there anything else you want to add to, for our audience to hear about attendee engagement, Remo? Yeah. Um, yeah. So re, what, what's, um, you, you, know, you definitely come check out Remo. Our website is remo.co. Um, Remo is, is we get 3.2 X more engagement than any other platform on the market. Um, because we basically, uh, highly encourage, um, attendees to turn on their microphone and camera and the fact that they get to move from one table to the next. So the attendee is now shifting from the passenger seat into the driver's seat. So they're in control of where they want to go. And when people have control, they are obviously more engaged. They want to control where they want to go. They want to customize their own attendee journey and not just sit there and just like watch. And um, that's really where the magic of Remo happens and people kind of perk up. Like they realize that they cannot look at their email at the same time, right? You, you know, the number one competitor for a virtual event is probably like looking at their email <laughs> or even worse, another YouTube Absolutely. video <laughs> or something, yeah. you know? <laughs> like another tab that's like showing YouTube or something like that. And so, so that's what you're competing at. But in Remo, we don't give them a chance because it's like, no, oh, no, 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 you, you can't. Like if I was looking at something else, you would tell on the video stream that I'm looking at something else and I'm not focusing with the people I'm talking to. And it would just be plain rude. And that's what Remo does. It brings back that sort of social etiquette that it, you have in real life into this sort of virtual space, virtual world that then leads to very high quality interactions. Such, such good stuff for sure. Oh my goodness. So be sure to check it out. Once again, check the show notes because we can make sure we put the website in there and all that good stuff. And before we end, we do like to end with some fun little sentence finishers. They're kind of random. So if that sounds okay, we'll just kind of give them to you. They're short and sweet. Um, so the first one is your favorite quality in a manager is what? Oh man. Um, my favorite quality in a manager would be that, um, I would definitely say like mentorship, mentorship, like they take the time to, um, talk about and, and, and share with you like their thinking, um, and, and why, um, I think that's I think that's like really important because then you learn like the most there. You learn like the most about what what to do and why and and the and also they teach you the approach too. Like what what's the approach that they took, mm -hmm. and some of the lessons that they learned, like what mistakes they made. That's a good one. They share <laughs> what mistakes they made. That's a really really good one. So that's a good interview question right there for potential managers in the future. Our our next one, Hoyan, is my favorite productivity tool is Notion, by far. Notion. It's amazing. It's like so amazing. It's like we, we use it a lot at Remo and um, I use it a lot. I use it to take notes. I use it to do my to-do lists. I use it to do um, Kanban boards. I use it for pretty much everything. Yeah. Both professional and personal life. That's awesome. And check that out. Uh, and then our last one is something that you're look for, looking forward to this year, whether it's business or personal is. Um, 
for business um i mean honestly like i'm just looking forward to like everything just like going back to normal i think everything from a like going out perspective people have already gone back to normal like people are going out and all that kind of stuff but i think there's still a lot of the dust is still hasn't fully settled yet it feels like in some in some ways um at least globally so i'm think i'm really i'm really excited for that to happen um and for people to kind of like figure out really what they really really need what they really want to do um i think that's the key thing like a lot of people just don't are not sure like um what to do yet right now everyone's swinging the pendulum is swung towards like oh let's do physical events but that pendulum um i predict will swing back to doing virtual events later in the year um and um and we just don't know where what that ratio of virtual to physical is yet like that dust still hasn't settled um and i think i'm excited about that uh and personally yeah excited for my second child my second child will come in uh, september so I'm congratulations very exciting <laughs> thank, you. thank you both wonderful answers <laughs> so yeah before we let you go hoyan where can listeners find you or follow remo any and we'll link to all of these in the show notes yeah, yeah. So we have, um, I have LinkedIn um, and also Remodelio has LinkedIn as well, which I can share. Um, and that's where I, I talk a lot about um, engagement, event engagement in general and authentic conversations and stuff. So, yeah. Great. Wonderful. Great. Well, thank you so much again for being here. We super, super appreciate your time. And so with that, we always end with our bonus tip. And so I have the bonus tip today. And so our, my bonus tip goes with some past episodes that we've had of the podcast, which are about hosted buyer experiences and going to do site visits and all that good stuff when it comes to in-person events or in-person networking and things like that. And so my tip for today is to make sure that you familiarize yourself with the hosted buyer experiences that are out there. So for example, there is there's, there's many um, event professional conferences that are coming up and most all of them have hosted buyer experiences. So we have an episode about this with Vanessa Loney that we can link to to remind you to go check it out. She provides some awesome suggestions, but now's the time when a lot of them are happening. So if you plan on attending, just this is your friendly reminder to see if they have a hosted experience that you might be able to participate in. And those come with um, some additional perks and things like that. So this is a bonus tip, but also like a friendly reminder because now is kind of a great time for you to start checking that out if you haven't already. So that's my bonus tip for today. And yeah, that that's it. That's the end of our episode for this week. You can follow us on Instagram at Better Events Pod. You can send us an email at bettereventspod at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at Better Events Pod. And we really appreciate Hoyan and Remo for being a partner with us this year. So Remo, a reminder for Remo, they have generously offered our Better Events Podcast audience a 15% discount on Remo plans. You just need to use the code Better Events. That's Better Events, all capital letters, no space. And that offer is valid through July 31st, 2022. So I urge you take advantage, apply some of the things you learned about attendee engagement from this episode and your audience will definitely thank you. So thank you so much for listening and we'll be back in your feeds again next Wednesday. Thanks everybody. Thanks.